What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. It's your hosts, Joe Ciccoletti and Blaine Spencer. We had to take a couple weeks off because my fault. Um, life kind of took over in my other job, the one that pays my bills. This one pays some of the bills, not all, but, you know, enough. Uh, but, Joe, how are we doing? Long time no see. Sorry Blaine. that I kind of ruined the podcast for us these last couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Blaine, I'm uh I'm doing fantastic. I woke up on the right side of the bed and uh I went to this Italian restaurant this weekend, all right? And you know the song it's it's a more age. You ever hear the song? You ever heard of it? Great great song. Great song. So sing it with me, right? Let's sing it, sing it with me, all right? When the moon meets the sky, like a big pizza pie, call that. It's the Italian stallion. Look at the sky. Look at the sky. When this came out yesterday, I go, I can't wait to talk about Tommy DeVito, man, the king of New York. Look at the sky. Look at it. It's so ancient. Buddy, your mic just totally cut out. <laughs> oh, funny. This is incredible. Look at the agent. Look at Tommy DeVito. If this is an Italian. Oh, it completely cut out? No. All right, you're good now. You're good now. You're good oh, now. All right. Jesus, I don't know where you left me at. But the agent, Tommy DeVito, bro, this shit's incredible for the Italians. Yo, I can stop watching Monday Night Football because all they would do as soon as he did something, straight to the family, straight to the agent, straight to the family. And you and you even saw on one of his plays, you saw the dad <laughs> doing the bro, move. Bro, the dad, dude, it, it, the cover is It's called the Tommy thing. DeVito now. I looked it up. If you look it up in in your phone, that's the emoji, the Tommy DeVito. And and the true Italian thing is, is they got the agent and the father next to each other in the stands, and the agent kisses the father, the father's kissing the agent. Oh, dude, this is Italian, is what it is. He's saying that chicken cutlets during the pregame. Like, oh, oh, my God. So dude, it's incredible. Funny. It was unbelievable to watch. It, like that was like the side. That was the main story. The side story was the Giants versus the Packers yesterday. <laughs> it was incredible to watch, man. Yo, the man was freaking trending ten minutes before the game even started. <laughs> and the funny thing was, their interaction made it look like Tommy had no clue, no idea no. who the dude was. No. They he came over, gave him a hug, tried to give him a kiss on the cheek, and Tommy's like, who the fuck are you, bro? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some like, kind I just, of Italian, Italian wannabe. <laughs> yeah, I just I just got done a, a job, a job with Tony Soprano over here, right? Now at the New York Giants game, leave me alone. <laughs> Go bury the body in the Meadowlands. He's probably on the phone with Tony Soprano. Hey, Tony. <laughs> Tony, leave me alone here. I, I'm on, I'm on TV. I can't be talking about this. Oh, <laughs> shit. What an incredible, what an incredible. They won three man. in a row. They won three in a row. That's even better. No, the Giants, the Giants back. The Giants are back. And it's just unbelievable. And isn't it fitting to say the least that the Giants coming hard down the stretch like they did last year as well. 
And Daniel Jones isn't nowhere to be found because he's injured, of course. Saquon Barkley's having the time of his life right now in New York. I mean, Josh playing good ball. <laughs> good ball. What did you say? They're going to be done. They're done. They got the Eagles in uh, two weeks. And then after that, they got the Eagles the last week. So they're done. They got a shot to make playoffs either in one game out. But it's an incredible story, though. Incredible story. Yeah, you got almost like it's almost like at this point for Dable that he has to open up the competition next year <laughs> just for us to get the publicity of Tommy DeVito. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, kudos to the Giants. They're, they're holding it together the last three, you know, three weeks. I mean, got him out of the contention, I guess, with the top five pick, I guess, which isn't great for them. But uh, yeah, you know, they're making it work. They're making it work. So. Both no, Monday it, night games. Both Monday night games were great last night. Yeah, the, the Miami game too, um, and Tennessee game came down. All of a sudden, it was weird. The ending. I remember I had both games on the screen. I was kind of keeping an eye on the Giants a little bit more because uh, that was the game that was close. Then all of a sudden, Tennessee scores, and then Miami has the ball, and I'm like, all right, like I'm just gonna close it out. You know, they'll run the clock out. Next thing I know, Will Levis is throwing another touchdown. I'm like. Oh, what's going on here? Next thing you know, Tennessee's winning it. Miami's in the uh, – Miami takes another L. Not looking good for them. And uh, they got a tough, tough schedule uh, oh, approaching. And uh, Week 18 could be a big matchup for them versus the Buffalo Bills and could be uh, going for the AFC East title. No, for Miami, you go last – I mean, last four games, right? Like, I mean – Outside of Zach Wilson playing the game of his life this past week, you have that you go Jets still a great defense, right? So let's still make that game pretty difficult for Miami. Then you go Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. That's just a yes. gauntlet, a gauntlet. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult. And if I'm not mistaken, on the flip side, I think Bills get a lot easier. Now they have like the Chargers, I know for a fact, which Turbers now out for the year. They play um, the boys. So that, yeah, they play the boys this weekend. Then they go Chargers, Patriots. And I, and I could actually see them beating the Cowboys. They're home. Uh, you know, depending what the weather situation is, I don't know it yet, but it's gonna be cold. Either way, it's gonna be gonna be chilly, gonna be mm-hmm. cold. Uh, Dallas has to travel north. It's gonna be a tough matchup for them, to say the least. Um, but yeah, Dolphins, man. <sighs> I just want to get into it a little bit here with you. So that's your that's your that's your team. That's your that team. Is my team. That is my team. <laughs> um, saw a stat today that their three or four losses that they have had, it actually has happened when Tua has held on to the ball a little bit longer, and their um, pocket time is greater than two point six seconds. So meaning he gets the ball out later than two point six seconds, typically in this case. Um, and I guess for me, it's saying that Mike McDaniels is running that quick offense. But we also noticed the problem last night when Tyreek Hill went out. That offense went like stale. They didn't really know what was going on. And I get it. Like you're talking about the one of the best top three, top two wide receivers in the league, let alone probably the biggest X factor in the game in the skill position level. So – Losing him, it's just going to have to completely change your playbook mentality. Um, but if Tyree kills out the game or anything of that nature happens, it's going to be a tough look for Miami, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're you know out pretty quick. I don't know if you agree. No, I think 
last night really showcased Miami's leniency on Tyreek Hill. You really couldn't, there was no more creativity. I mean, they started to hand the ball off, but then they got away from it for no reason. Mostert and A-Chain were running all over that Tennessee defense in the first half. And then Watt, then Hill kind of willed himself back out there in the second half. And then McDaniel kind of took his foot off, not off the gas per se, but took Mostert and A-Chain almost out of the game and then tried to make it a Tua-type game again, right? And I think that's sometimes the issue when you have so many weapons, right, is that you're trying to figure out ways to get everyone the ball instead of trying to make sure you're getting wins. You're trying to please everyone, right? I think that's a difference that we see between San Francisco and Miami, right? Same exact offense. San Francisco, they couldn't care less. Their stars couldn't care less who's getting the ball on each play as long as they're getting victories. So I think from a Miami perspective, you saw how heavily they are on Tyreek Hill. They didn't really – Waddle played okay, but then they took away that run game when they were being so dominant against that Tennessee defense. So play to win the – they should be playing to win the game, not trying to – make sure that you're making everyone happy. That's how I interpreted the game last night, especially in the second half. Well, I thought they were able to run the ball well, like you said, especially in the first half. And I thought they were just able to run the ball well almost all game, truthfully. <laughs> I think when Hill went out, I think it, they were like, oh, crap, like what am I going to have to do? I have to leave for, you know, lean on Raheem Mostert and Jalen Waddle. And I was noticing a couple plays when, uh, especially in that second quarter, when Hill went out, is Waddle was like running the wrong routes and like Tua Tua relies a lot on timing. That's just what he is. Right. He's a timing quarterback. So uh, you know, as soon as he hit the third step, boom, he was looking Waddle's way and like Waddle wasn't there. He was like somewhere else. And he had two or three plays of that nature. And I'm like, it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, there's a good connection between Waddle and Tua, or at least, you know, you would think there should be at this point. Um but, yeah, it, it just seems very odd. You know, again, you're going to have games like this, right? You're going to have, like, a tough or a weird loss versus the Tennessee Titans here, that team that's not really in the playoff contention, um, kind of maybe seeing their way out to the offseason. But, hey, good kudos to them. And maybe the other thing is this, is you you saw kind of a dog mentality in Will Levis here. Um, you know, out here lowering the shoulder versus Jalen Ramsey. I mean, I would never want my franchise quarterback to do that. But And he I broke mean, away from Bad- Bradley Chubb in that same play. Then he dropped the shoulder into Jalen. Correct, correct. I mean, maybe that's like showing, you know, Vrabel something, showing the GM something like, hey, I'm here. Like, I want this job. You do not need to go get another quarterback next year. Or or you can get rid of Tannehill for sure. Let's start building around me. This is who you need to build around. And that was a pretty good statement win against a Miami team that is in the playoff contention right now. Does potentially have Super Bowl aspirations as well. And you beat them at home on a Monday night prime time. Like, it's a really, really solid win for Will Levis and the Tennessee Titans. Do you get... Do you give Will the job next year? I feel like it's his now at this point. I think yeah, enough. Yeah, I think I think you have to. I think you got to start building around him. 
I still don't believe they need to get rid of Rabel. Like, I actually think Rabel's a really, really still a good coach. These guys want to play for Rabel. I just think uh, knowing coming into this year, and we talked about it at the beginning of the year, coming into this year, the Tennessee Titans weren't really anything for us. They were a, maybe a fringe playoff team at best, we were thinking. Um, they might have. You know, made some noise in the wild card round. Didn't expect them to win anything in the wild card round. But truthfully enough, I thought they were probably going to be closer to third or second in their division alone, um, and and probably not much there. So to say what they are, what five wins they're at right now? I mean, yeah, it's kind of where I expect them. I expect them maybe seven they get to max, um, right. and that was kind of about it. But Vrabel's Vrabel's for his team. Vrabel's for his guys. Like I don't think that's the problem. It's just the players you have around him. What do you kind of expect to have? You don't. You've got DeAndre Hopkins, which is great. So like now you at least had a wire, you know, wide receiver one because before that you had nothing. Derrick Henry's approaching thirty years old right now, you, and you're starting to see the body deteriorate for him. Your offensive line is rather weak. Uh, mm-hmm. Besides Skaronski that you just took. And defense, your defensive lines, eh, but your secondary, yeah, it's okay. Like, so I don't know. Like, kind of expected. I don't think they need to get rid of Rabel, but the answer to the question, yeah, I think Will Levis um, should get the keys to the Cadillac in Nashville. No, I I think he has earned done enough, right? And like you kind of nailed it on the head, right? We our biggest question mark was what are you going to get out of the quarterback position? in Nashville, right? And they've played three different quarterbacks this year, right? With Tannehill, Willis, and Levis. So you kind of seen Levis really take over those reins. They've already kind of said that I wouldn't be surprised if they try let go of Tannehill and Willis and try and just cut ties with both of those question marks, right? And say, all right, Will, this is your team. We'll find someone behind you to kind of help you out, but kind of nip that in the butt and say, this is your squad moving forward. I wouldn't be surprised if you see that at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's look at some other games. So very fascinating kind of weekend. Um, we'll kind of start from Thursday night. The Pittsburgh Steelers are exactly what they're were supposed to be this year. And the Mike Tomlin effect is kind of worn off. Now Mitch Trubisky stinks. Let's just say it how it is. Um, Bailey Zappi absolutely looked like the next coming of Tom Brady in the first half. And then the Patriots looked like the Patriots in the second half. Up, absolute awful football game to watch. Like, could not I, – I, I had to turn it off. Like, it was just gross. Um, and then let's go down the way. In the you in the Apple Cup rematch, Cincinnati dominates the Indianapolis Colts. Jake Browning looking very solid in his two starts, absolutely obliterates Gardner Minshew. Cincinnati completely still in this playoff conversation um, without Joey Joey Buckets. Um, Cleveland takes down Jacksonville. Joe Flacco impresses one ag- once again takes out a kind of limping Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence never looked like himself the entire game. Three INTs. Joe Flacco now the starter the rest of the way in Cleveland. 
I think that's honestly their best option for the Browns. Don't you agree? Keeping Flacco in there, some veteran leadership will know how to manage the games to put them in some playoff contention. He's elite. Yeah. Oh great. my God. You did not just call Joe Flacco elite. <laughs> Joe Flacco is elite. What do you want me to say? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's slaying a rock, dude. He looks incredible right now. Two games, two wins. Joe Flacco's lead. He's pulling back the 2012 Baltimore Ravens right here out of him. Um, it's impressive stuff. I mean, he fits this offense perfectly, right? Like, he's a guy that's able to sling the rock, still has the arm strength, is able to will an offense and has a decent running game behind him. Offensive line strong. Unfortunately, uh, I think they just lost uh, Jedrick Willis uh, to season-ending injury. So that's going to be a tough loss for them. But his defense is dominating. It kind of actually reminds him of probably the 2012 Baltimore Ravens. Defense dominating, able to run the ball, and i got a couple wide receivers out there that can catch for him. Um, but, yeah, I think Joe Flacco is is, is perfect for them and uh, is able to give you that veteran presence that you need on this team. And uh, truthfully enough, they got a really good chance of winning this division. So, I know. It's crazy to think about um, with them now at 8-5. and five. Um, Houston hit by the injury bug once again at, at the wide receiver position. Neoko Collins is now out. CJ Stroud also got hurt in this matchup. But I think the bigger storyline was how impressive Zach Wilson was after all of the noise this past week. Pretty much him saying that he didn't want to go back out there and play, and he pretty much showed everybody up in that second half going for 300 yards career day. We got to talk about something here. Oh, we got to talk about something. Oh, you got to talk about something in this game? Jets got Miami next week. Oh, don't. If, gonna, are you getting if, on the Aaron Rodgers train if, right now? <laughs> if the Jets win versus Miami, which, I mean, hey, the Titans just beat Miami in Miami. If the Jets win and Rodgers can go, Versus the Washington have, you Commanders. Don't, you don't have to play them in that game because they'll beat a, beat the Commanders with Zach Wilson. I mean, is it worth it? Is it worth it to give a shot? Like, they no. have to have a shot still in playoffs. No, like, they have to have a shot. a shot. It's not worth a shot. There's too Why? many teams in front of them. There's so many teams at seven and six. So many. But, I mean, There are one, two, three. There are one, two, three, four, five. There are six teams at seven and six. Six teams, and that, and then they don't have the tiebreaker against Vegas and the Chargers. There are still eight teams in front of them, based off of the stands right now. The answer is no. It's all right now. Hypothetical. That's all I was saying. A little hypothetical. Oh I, I think I think you have something. You know something. You think Aaron's going to play in two weeks. All right. Let's keep it moving now. Let's keep it moving now. What game you want to talk about next? Let's go to uh, – let's go out west. Let's talk, let, you, want, you want to talk your team? Let me talk your team. Sure. We'll talk my team. I mean, I, it's oh, kind of more of an indictment on me because Baker Mayfield fucking does it again. So thanks for that, Joe. You guys are supposed to make me look good when I say I hate Baker Mayfield. Thing is, right, is talk that... to me. What happened? I know you watched every second of that game, and it probably ripped your heart out towards the end. 
I did. Defense played, I thought, very good or even close to great um, at times. Uh, we got whacked with injuries. Um, we had two or three defensive linemen that left the game. At one point, we had four uh, new offensive linemen out of the five in the starting lineup. And every game this year, we have started the same offensive line. So we were doing really well with health. This game yeah. was like, boop, all four of you guys are out at one point. And it was like, holy crap, this is – okay, what's going on? But lo and behold, that really wasn't the biggest problem. Two biggest problems here was was this. Young Wei Koo missed two field goals. So that's six points right there. We probably would have won the game. And second, once again, Desmond Ritter makes mistakes and throws costly interceptions or gets a fumble in this case. Um, I have came to the conclusion now that over these last couple of weeks, that, you know, it's it, it's just time we got to move on. We got to move on. It's, we've seen enough. Yeah, what, what's your what's going to be the answer at quarterback moving forward? It's not um, Desmond. It's not Heineke. Are you are you well, looking moving, in the draft? It's well, yeah. Uh, I think it really comes down to what Chicago is doing with Fields. I, I think that's going to uh, be the first you, call. You're going to say the first what? Call. How what do you want for Justin? I mean, if you had like, if I had to actually guess what it's kind of going to be, it's going to be something to like what um, Sam Darnold or what Carson Wentz got traded away for and got back. So it's like kind second. of going to be equal, like a first ish, but it's not second, like it's like second and a third. Yeah, like a second or third, or like a third and a fifth, or something like that. Or it might be like a third, might be a stipulation to be a second if they play X amount of snaps. I don't know, something of that. Um, but that would be the first phone call I think the Falcons should have is with the Bears to be like, hey, okay, well you're gonna get the number one overall pick. Are you gonna go with Caleb or like are you gonna is Fields gonna be your franchise guy? Right. And I think that's the first decision. And then and then you move from there. You move down the line from there. And truthfully enough, if I was there, I'm trading the bag up to go get either Caleb or Drake May. I I'm just I would just do it. Like, yeah. essentially, like, I had a discussion today with a buddy, and he was like, would you do it? Like, would you go trade your three first-round picks for Caleb Williams? I'm like, yeah, why not? You have all the skill position players. You have all you have your, all your offensive line locked up already. You just need the finishing piece. Like, Grady, like, our defensive line's already going to be – it's going to be already. Like, it's not going to be any better. We're not going to take an edge rusher with the 11th overall pick. That's going to be a game changer. Like, right. that's not going to be it. We just signed Jesse Bates, and we have A.J. Terrell. Like, the secondary isn't bad either. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have Utah's finest. Um, What the hell is his name? Phillips. Clark Phillips. We got C.J. – we got Utah's finest, Clark Phillips. He's playing great ball. So, I'm really not too worried. So, it's like – why not just trade the picks away? Go get Caleb or go get Drake May. If you have confidence in him, um, like just make the trade. That's what you need as a quarterback. So fair um, enough. Fair enough. Yeah, let's we'll keep it. Are moving. you are you gonna do we win, do you guys win the division? I think you guys are still gonna yeah, end we'll up win winning the division. the division. Yeah, we'll we'll keep it moving. We'll, yeah, we'll win the division. Not worried about that, buddy. You think I care about the box right now? Yeah, all right. They play the Packers this week. They got no shot. Packers are gonna win this. Packers are gonna beat that bad. Um, I do want to go out west. What Seattle game you want? Niners. Game sucks. Another... I'm sure. 
No, Nia I'm just kidding. Another... You watch, if you watch three quarters of it, it was a good game. Yeah, Niners another solid win after just destroying the Philadelphia Eagles. Now beating up on the Seattle Seahawks for anything named Geno Smith. I didn't think Drew Locke was terrible though, but Drew um, Locke played over, played all right, played all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, another solid win for them. Um, Blaine, crypt the ball. I want you to look into it. Is the 49ers come playoff time? Are they going to be the number one seed? Uh, yes, yes, they are. They are now in that driver's seat, right? Um, and I think you're now in a three-way tie, right, with Dallas and Philadelphia. Um, we'll probably talk about that game next. But um, now the ball is in their court, and they know that it has to go through the bay if they win out. And that means something to, to the San Francisco 49ers. That place gets absolutely rocking when it's a home game. Sure. And that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean if there was a team I had to pick that had to go on the road and go do it, I'm picking the San Francisco 49ers out of all the rest of the teams in the NFL. If there was a team that had to go on the road and get it done, they were all they would also be that pick, right? I think the okay. team that needs home field advantage the most is the Dallas Cowboys. But I think San Francisco, they're they have a cut, they have a one. What one real tricky game? I think the rest of the way it's the Baltimore game on Christmas. I think everything else they kind of handle business, but like that'll be that game will be a show on Christmas night. That'll be a really really good game, and that that'll have implications for Baltimore probably to try and for them to clinch the one seed. So there will be like home field advantage on the line for both sides, right? You play Arizona, you got a layup this week. Then yep. again, Monday night it's Baltimore. Then you go Commanders Rams. So it's all gonna that Christmas night game is gonna be one that's gonna be fascinating to see for both teams. Oh yeah, oh yeah. All right, well let's get to the other game. That Sunday night game. They said the two other teams that are tied, Dallas and Eagles. Dallas um, put their foot down, put their foot down hard against Philadelphia Eagles um, at AT and T Stadium. Dak Prescott looked. Uh, Looks efficient, looks great, was able to sling the rock all over uh, this team. And Jalen Hurts uh, did not look good um, whatsoever. Blake, what did the Philadelphia Eagles have to do to get out of this slump and have a chance in the playoffs now to get back to the Super Bowl? I think they really lost their physicality that they had last year. You're seeing a team this year that's playing a lot more finesse football. They're having Jalen throw the ball a little bit more. I think the loss of their offensive and defensive coordinators are kind of finally shedding some light, especially these last couple weeks against San Francisco and Dallas. This is a team that really has been kind of squeaking by, right, against inferior opponents, having that championship grit, championship mentality of finding a way to win a game that they probably should have lost, right? opening 10 and one. And then these last two weeks, they've really gotten punked. San Francisco came in, absolutely said, told them exactly what they were going to do and did it in that second half. That Niners game, I really didn't feel that bad about. I, I was, didn't see that margin of 
different of margin of victory by San Francisco, but I did see a Niner win just because of how much of a gauntlet Philadelphia had gone through those previous three weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Dallas, Dallas played with a sense of urgency, knowing that they needed to win that football game. You could see the urgency. You saw the, uh, physicality. You saw a balanced Dallas Cowboy attack. Like that was the first time where I, where I was like, okay, I can take the Dallas Cowboys seriously moving forward. Okay. Like you can now actually, they needed that win more than Philadelphia needed it because I felt for Dallas, that was their moment to prove whether or not they're in. I think San Francisco's in a tier of its own, but in that, all right, it's us in Philadelphia as that next team to go out and potentially be in the NFC Championship. Oh, all right. So, so your tiers have changed uh, since we have last talked. Then, so your the tiers are changing. Um, yeah, to my point. As to much my, as it sickens me. <laughs> to my point, um, I think the Eagles got two problems, and the two problems is this. First problem is this: offensive side of the ball. You got to run the ball. You have yep. to run the ball. They're now like trying to do and trying to keep AJ Brown health uh, happy. They're trying to pass in the ball as much as they can. They're trying to feed Devontae Smith as much as they can. You know, now with Dallas Goddard back, they're going to try to start feeding him now. It's like there's only one rock. There's only one rock and only one ball. Yep. You need to run the ball with DeAndre Swift. That's when they were the most successful this entire right. year was yep. running behind. How great that offensive line is. You run behind that offensive line. You gain your five yards. You gain your four yards. You get the third and one, what do you do? You do the tush push to get the first down. That's what they need to get back to. They got to get back to running the ball. Second point, flip side, they got to stop the run. They have not been able to stop the run the last three weeks, four weeks, especially versus San Fran and now versus Dallas. They were gashing through the holes. Why did you draft Jordan Davis then? Why did you draft Jalen Carter then? There was no point to draft them guys then if they weren't there to stop the run. Mm -hmm. That's the problem right now. We know what this team can do when it's third and long and the edge rushers, Hassan Reddick's coming to the outside. He led the league last year in sacks. We know what he can do. But to get to that third and long, you need to be able to stop the run. And that's what the Philadelphia Eagles have not been able to do the last two weeks, and that's what they need to figure out. Oh, I completely agree. And on the, to piggyback the secondary issue, they are getting absolutely obliterated inside the numbers. Yeah. And that's not an indictment on the Eagles secondary, right? You just, they let some pieces go last this offseason, right? Gardner Johnson, gone. Huge piece that people, I think people really didn't, kind of took for granted of how he really took over that slot. Like their third, their nickelback corner has been getting absolutely cooked the last Alabama's three or four weeks. Alabama's finest, Eli Ricks. Yep, Eli Ricks just doesn't look like he looks belongs on the field these last couple <laughs> weeks. Um, and I think that's also another thing on the defensive coordinator that he hasn't pretty much told James Bradbury and Darius Slay 
yo, I'm putting you boys on an island. I need y'all to figure it out. Like, I need you guys to be the ballers that we pay you to be. So, I think the defensive, it's a very bland defensive set, right? You know exactly what they're lined up in. It's a cover two deep zone, and they kind of just get picked apart in between the numbers. It's not really anything different that they really show. They, they're they not a team that disguises their defense pre-snap. So you already know as a quarterback, especially some of the better quarterbacks, and they've gone against three of the better ones these last three weeks in Josh Allen, Brock Purdy, and Dak Prescott, where all right, I know the coverage. I know exactly where I want to go with this football. And yeah. it's just it's on the money every time. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about Dallas. Um, they are playing really, really good ball. I think they're maybe are reaching the peak. Are they reaching the peak too early? Would be my uh, next statement there. But they still, I they still you... got a gauntlet. They still got a gauntlet the rest of the oh, way. Yeah, too. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they do. And I'm, I just cannot get faith. I cannot put the belief behind that the Dallas Cowboys are going to make it. Um, relatively far in the playoffs because they choke every year. We we say this oh, every agree. year. So to to say that they're in the Philadelphia Eagles tier, for me, they're not there yet. Even okay, though they I'm did right. have that win. So you're waiting. What are you waiting on? You need to see it in the postseason, then, or do you need yeah. to see it the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, gonna, I still think arguably, if they don't, they probably got to go perfect the rest of the way just to get uh, to win the division. Yeah, no, they do, and I think they have what you said. Buffalo this week, really but tough game at Buffalo. Then they're at Miami. Then they Correct. host Detroit, and then it's at Washington, right? So like those next three games, you're gonna kind. Of, they're going through. They're going their Correct. most difficult stretch of their season. Correct. Now you know they win. impressive stuff. They beat Buffalo. They beat Miami. They beat the Lions. I'm be like, all right, maybe I got to reconsider my thought process then, because maybe maybe they are it, maybe they are gonna be it this year. Maybe they'll, you know, be able to get a two seed, maybe even a one seed. Then maybe the Eagles slip up somewhere, and they win the NFC East. And same thing with the Niners, maybe they slip up somewhere. We don't know. Um, now, if that happens, it's a different story. But I just I cannot get behind it. Every single year we have the same conversation. Oh, could this be the Cowboys year? You know, they get to 10, 11, 12 wins, and all of a sudden we get to the playoffs. They may win the wild card round. It's always a dicey one. And then comes divisional round, they lose that game. And it's just, it's just, it is, it's the same thing every year. Um, and I just can't buy it. Blade, I, I do want to ask. So I'm looking at the playoff picture here, right? Got a lot of teams, a lot of teams that got, you know, got chances all lap to make the playoffs still. I mean, the AFC's got 11 teams that can make it. You know, I think the Chargers now probably are out now with uh, Herbert. Herbert out. done for uh, yeah. But I would say 11 teams, Bills, Bengals, Broncos, Texans on the bubble right now. Colts, Steelers, Browns um, on the wild card and the inside. And on the uh, NFC, I think there's six teams that are on the out. Oh, five teams, excuse me, that are on the out. Still could potentially get into the wild card. Um, with that being said, Blaine, give me one team from each conference that you think could maybe like sneak in and maybe, you know, give a little trouble to the teams that are, uh, you know, with the division, uh, leaders right now. 
I mean, I think it's a team that's actually trending in the right direction right now. And for the AFC, I think this this is kind of going to be everyone's pick, especially if they get through this week. If the Buffalo Bills beat Dallas this weekend, they are going to be a team no one wants to see moving forward. Josh Allen has finally looked like the Josh Allen we've been looking for these last couple weeks under the new OC, especially after the loss to, to Denver on Monday night where they basically Ken Dorsey got fired the night of, but you know, if Sean McDermott doesn't call a freaking timeout, he probably doesn't even get fired because they end up winning the game. Right. So, um, but then puts up a 30 piece against on the jets, absolutely routed, right? Josh Allen looked money. They've, absolutely started to use their running back. James Cook is finally, you're seeing the potential that everyone kind of saw out of college. Mm -hmm. That's why these more of these scat type backs are getting more uh, play nowadays, right? It's not that kind of bruiser that you're looking for. You're looking for the pass catcher, the guy who can go all three downs. Then against Philadelphia, Outside of probably one throw, he was the best player on the football field. He was. I thought it was one of his best games he played all year. He played phenomenal. He made one bad throw, and then he made one misread on the Gabe Davis play in overtime, right? And they end up losing an OT. Yeah. Then in the Kansas City game, he didn't play great, right? But I think he did it. They did enough where I think that was more of a proving point for them that they can still go into Arrowhead, make a point in a game that they had to win coming off of a bye and kind of put their foot in the ground saying, all right, we are here, right? Then you go, you have Dallas at home. That place is going to be rocking. Bill's Mafia is completely different breed of Mm -hmm. fans. You Mm -hmm. can make the argument it's the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Nation and Bill's Mafia, right? And then maybe you throw in the 12th man when they're at their peak. But those three environments are another tier in, in the NFL, right? Then you go oh, yeah. Chargers without Justin Herbert. Then you are at the Patriots who are kind of, we already know they're tanking, right? So at that point, they're 10 and 6. We don't know where Miami's going to be if they've won the division or not at that point. So Miami might be benching their guys knowing that they got a, game and if at that point Buffalo's 11 and 6 and no one wants to play them the rest of the way and they they're coming in humming into the postseason. Great. And then on the uh NFC side man, I mean it's hard. The NFC is like outside of the top 5 teams, it's kind of hard to watch type of football. But I'm going to actually go with the Los Angeles Rams. Why? Because out outside of that loss to Baltimore on, on a crazy play, right, which they kind of had one and let slip away at the end. They should be on a four-game win streak, honestly, right now. They should be a seven and six, but they let Lamar be Lamar at the end of the game. But they were winning, they won three in a row before that. And again, this is a team that will will be favored in their next three games. Commanders, Saints, Giants. Like right there, that puts them at nine. 
Again, we don't know where San Francisco is going to be at at that point. Maybe they've already clinched the one seed and they're resting their guys. 10 and 7, another team that could be humming into the postseason. Who you got? Mm-hmm. Um, I am completely on board with the Rams. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm locked in right now with the Rams. Um, I, I thought they proved a lot to me on Sunday, even though they lost versus the Ravens in shitty condition. Um, you know, you're going up against the number one team in the AFC, and you, you lost off a walk off essentially pump return. Um, yeah. in that case, uh, it's a really tough loss, but. To go in there, fight what they did, and you know, only be able to lose by six in overtime improved a lot to me. Like you said, the next three games are going to be favorited. They're starting to come back. They're starting to get healthy, like just at the right time. Kyron Williams is their X factor. I've noticed um, when he came back, this this offense is starting to move the rock and able to score touchdowns. Stafford is starting to look like he, what he was a little bit the last couple weeks, uh, two like two three years ago. Puka is now uh, coming back onto his zone. Cooper Cup's looking well, and uh, it, it's just this, this team's starting to look good. And, and, and of course, you're going to have Aaron Donald on the other side. So I, I completely agree, and I don't, even have another, I don't have another pick. Like, Rams are my pick on the NFC. I think they're a sneaky team. I think they're a team that could potentially scare a team in the wild card and p- p- potentially win that game. Like, I might, depending on who they play, I might put a little money on them. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, if they get the boys, take the Rams. Yeah. Even the Lions. Like, oh, the Lions, Lions are starting to look like the Lions again these last couple yeah. weeks. I, I, hey, all right. What's going on? Now? Um, the AFC, uh, Bills, Bills probably would have been my first pick. I completely agree with you. I think the Bills are a scary team right now, and nobody wants to see the Bills. I mean, even the Miami Dolphins, like, you know, Say the Dolphins keep winning, they get the number two seed, and somehow the Bills would get the seventh seed. That would be a scary first round for Miami. Awesome. Um, uh, you know, even the Chiefs, same thing. Uh, I, you know, I, I know they're the five seed already, but I think it's the Browns. I mean, the Browns are really playing good ball. They are built like the old school football team. Like they're built around their defense. They're going to be able to hold teams below twenty one points, and as long as their team, their offense can score more than twenty one, then they'll be fine. And with Joe Flacco behind center, I think there's a lot of confidence um, with yep. that. You know, if it was Dorian Thompson, Dorian Thompson, Johnson, yeah, Dorian, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Robinson, I'm sorry. So if it was him, I would be like, no, this, this wouldn't be my pick. But Joe Flacco is the pocket passer kind of that they need. They don't really need that running quarterback. And I think that's the uh, plus side that Joe Flacco is kind of giving them um, with this team. So, you know, for instance, if this Browns team, you know, has to go to a team like the Jaguars, per se, um, you know, they got a really, really good shot of beating a team in Jacksonville and the Jaguars there. You know, even the same thing with the Chiefs. Like, if they have to go to Arrowhead, like, it's going to be tough for them. Don't get me wrong. But, like, if there was a team that would be able to beat the Chiefs, it would be the Browns because their defense is so good. Their defense will keep them in every game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Watch, uh, watch. Just another team. I mean, I think we kind of hit on the head the top three picks, right? But um, don't sleep on the Denver Broncos. They're another team that's humming right now. I'm not sold on them yet, but I I'm not sold on them yet either. But they show, and they've shown enough to me where. 
especially in an AFC that now is, looks like it's going to blow up. I think Denver now is going to be a team that, and with Kansas City looking abysmal in second halves, they are now going to have the opportunity to ha- potentially win that division. Like, think about that because they hold the tiebreaker over KC. Yep. Yep. We'll see. So, Give me interest. We'll see. We'll All see. Right, you want to play so. a game? Yeah, let's play a game. We'll play, right, play a game. Or something? Eh, something like that. Oh, okay. Let's see if I can find it here. All right. You see my screen? NFL hot seats. Wow. The NFL hot seat. Wow. Bill Belly, Ron Rivera, John John Harbaugh. What the hell is uh, he I, I just couldn't find a picture of a coach that was <laughs> I didn't have enough. Um no, we're gonna we're gonna kinda put a play the NFL hot seat. Um I we're gonna kinda do it on a like a one to ten meter, right? Um one, I don't think they're getting fired. Ten, the man's going to be fired at the end of the year at some point or another, right? We've already had okay. two firings this this in season with Josh McDaniels and Frank Reich. Um, but these are like the seven or eight names that um, have been in the news the most recently. So it's going to be kind of like on a scale. You ready, Joe? Yeah, probably a lot easier to be Ted. So probably. Let's start with Matt. Oh, man, that is a very pixelated photo. But Matt Eberflus of the Chicago Bears, a team that's going to have the number one overall pick due to the Bryce Young trade. This almost feels like something where the Chicago absolutely just blow up the whole thing and start anew with trading away fields, getting a new head coach that will kind of be a support system to Caleb Williams. Then they have another potential high pick where they're going to have an opportunity to go out and get a very good weapon to put with Caleb Williams and or Drake May. Um, Joe Ciccoletti, put me on the scale for the Chicago Bears. Um, I, I think it's a six or seven. Um, I think it's somewhere in that ballpark. I think I think Uberfless is going to kind of get more of the Lovey Smith kind of like what the Texans were a little bit last year, like kind of just like you get, you're getting the cut here, unfortunately, buddy, like, you probably could stay another year because you know you do get you do get a you get a lot out of Justin Fields in games that he does play, but mm-hmm. unfortunately you've just you just haven't done enough or haven't shown enough um, with this team, and, and and that's not all his fault. I mean, the roster around him, you know, is okay, um, but even the last couple of weeks, and especially the same thing last year, like. The last couple games of the year, like, they always play really well. They play certain teams pretty well. Same thing like Detroit this year. They played Detroit really well, lost one and won one down. Um, And I think it's just going to be the fortunate part of, like, well, we're kind of just potentially restarting kind of the franchise once again. I think it's just you're getting getting the boot, unfortunately. So it's probably seven, even though it shouldn't be. But, yeah, that's my number. Um. So when I was thinking about this, I think this is going to be a little lower. I'm going to go at the four or five range. I'm going to say a five. I think it's because I think a lot happens if Harbaugh wins the natty. Harbaugh wins the natty. He's checked the college football box off. Chicago gets on the phone. How much do you want? What do you want? Bring them in. 
I, I think Chicago will only they have one or two names that they would replace Eberflus for. And who's the other name? No idea. Because I'll tell you my other name that I think would actually fit perfectly, whether it's Caleb or Fields. And he's the offense coordinator for the Washington Commanders right now. So that's my opinion. Erickson, poor Eric. He's he's so screwed. But I like that. I like that play. I like Eric Bianami. All right. Next one. Arthur Smith of the Atlanta Falcons. A very uh, mixed bag while we're getting in the ATL. You know, I'll go first. Um, um, and I'm going to be kind of realistic. I'm going to put say it's a three for Arthur Smith. This is a team that um, really just can't get any productivity out of the quarterback position. They have all the skill pieces around them, like as Joe articulated earlier. Um but I don't think he's going to be fired yet. I mean, I also don't believe he didn't deserve the job when he got offered the job because when he got the job, Tennessee was like a middle of the pack offense when they, when he left, but I'm going to say a three. I think they're trying to look for an answer at the quarterback position, not trying to fire a coach. Joe. Uh, mine's telling me a 10. Hawk's telling me a two. That's a problem. I love Arthur. I really do. I really love the signing when we signed him. Um, I really thought he was going to fit this team perfectly, and and we knew what our identity was going to be. He's going to be run the ball first. Um, I just think he gets the bad rap of the stick um, because of the quarterback play right now, unfortunately. Um, I think it's probably a four. I, 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 I don't think Arthur Blank will make any irrational decisions just yet knowing that the quarterback situation is too up in the air. But he gets these guys to play with him. He, they improved this defense this year. Um, he brought in the right guys, I think, to, for the defensive coordinator position. Um, and and they're still trying to run the ball, especially if they make the playoffs. Like I, I think it's definitely closer to a four or three. But okay. uh, if they miss it, it could go up a tick or two. All right. Next up. Brandon Staley from the hey, Los Angeles hey, Chargers. I am hey. on the same page. That this man needs to freaking go. Get him out of here. That's enough. I, I actually speaking of, since we're on them, right? So Herbert's hurt this year. What what do you do? Like what are what is their play in this offseason now? Oh, at this point, you need to find someone that's gonna you're thinking Justin Herbert, because you've just wasted another year, right? Because he's injured now. You've had the last – outside of this year, he didn't play that great, right? He played okay. He had moments. But the two years before that, you really wasted away two great seasons by him. So now you're trying to figure out what you're going to do moving forward, right? And at this point, Brandon Staley is the reason they are losing games, not winning games. So he's got to go. Okay, but what else are you doing? Like I, I don't think I, a coach. I, I, is, I, I don't think I, a coach is the answer. Like, like Brandon no, Staley's a part need, of it, but I don't. You think... need to bring in an offensive-minded uh, head coach, but you need to bring in a defensive coordinator that can absolutely get on these players. I think a team. This is the team on defense that has the highest payroll. They have superstars in every level of that defense but they haven't responded to Brandon Staley. They need someone that will absolutely hold them accountable on the defensive side of the ball. 
Because with the amount of money they're spending, they should not be the worst defense in football. It makes absolutely no sense. Hmm. I think so. Your defensive coordinator is your first. Is you got to find a head coach that's going to be offensive minded, but you're really looking at the hiring process of who's going to be your de- defensive coordinator. Who are you bringing in? Okay, I what do you do? I don't agree. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was, agree with Brandon Staley. Gone. See you, okay, buddy. then what do you what do you what's then what are you doing? I am almost completely cleaning house. I think really I think I think you're only gonna be keeping like certain people. I think Justin Herbert you're keeping, I think you're keeping um Zion Johnson who you drafted. I know you're keeping Rashawn Slater, you're getting rid of Austin Eckler, you're getting your wow. potentially you're getting rid of Mike Williams potentially, and you're almost probably gonna get rid of Keenan Allen too. Okay, but flip side defense, trade Bosa away, trade Derwin James away, like Khalil, Khalil Mack. Yeah, um, he's probably almost done anyway. So if you want to get rid of him, sure. Like, I just think, like, the only one that I'm really having a tough time with is Keenan Allen because, like, it, it, I don't think they're gonna get rid of him. He's just like, how long has he been there? 12 years now. It's kind of like a Larry Fitzgerald. Like, you're just not going to really get rid of him. I love Keenan. I think he fits. He still fits his offense perfectly. I just think, like, for them and, like, what they need is just a complete fresh start. The defense especially. Bose is hurt all the time. Doesn't really help you out. Derwin James is hurt all the time. Doesn't really help you out. Get as many picks as you can and redo that defense. Because, like you just said, they're one of the highest paid and they're terrible. They're one of the worst defenses in the league. On the flip side, Austin Eckler has held them back severely this year because they're trying to like make him do what he can. And I think it's just time to move on and, and try to go get a you know get to find another back somewhere else, right? Uh, Mike Williams again. Last year we finally saw the spark. He came back and then boom, he gets injured once again. Um, you know, I think it's just time for time for him to get moved on as well. And Keenan Allen's having his best year of his career, and and I'm saying get rid of him, but I think it's just age wise. And maybe it's just time to start start a little bit fresh, in my opinion. Uh, who is a candidate for this job? I couldn't even tell you. I truthfully, I don't know candidates enough just yet to give you an opinion. Um, I mean, I've heard. I think that Detroit Lions OC yeah. is the front runner here. Yeah, right? I've heard. I've heard he's he's definitely up there right now. The offensive coordinator there. Um, I've heard the defensive coordinator there too. I, I forget their names. I think ben Johnson's the Ben Johnson's the OC. Okay, Allen, I think's the DC. Might be, if I'm not mistaken. But um, them two, I've heard are well known, pretty well known names as well. Um, you know, even a, maybe even a guy like what's his name, Vance Joseph. Uh, not Vance Joseph. Brian Flores could potentially come back out again, um, and maybe maybe give a spark out there. I, you know, I don't know that. I couldn't right. tell you offensive defense coordinators yet. So fair enough. All right, next one. And that's a ten. It's a ten. Washington's gonna blow the whole thing up. Eric's gonna lose his job too, even though he's gonna was supposed to be the head coach in waiting. Um, I think this is this is where you have the new ownership, and you're gonna do you're gonna do exactly what you want the Chargers to do, and that's called blow the entire thing up. Um, so you're saying 10. I oh, go the man, eight. The man, man's out the door already. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's eight, and I think you don't think fire he... you don't fire Del Rio and keep him on if you didn't know that he's already pretty much out the door. Correct. I I think they're just kind of doing it out of the respect kind of thing to just let him finish off the year. Um, you know, I think they have enough respect for Ron and, uh, and the and players. What he means. The players love him. Yeah, and what he means to not only the Washington Commanders, but what he also means to the NFL and uh, and whatnot. But, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think he's already kind of on his way out. He knows he's on his way out, um, and especially just the way the season kind of fit it. It is what it is. But, I mean, we talked about this earlier, like, right? Like, Washington was going to be a bad team this year, right? But they were hopefully, in your eyes, is they were going to hope to show flashes in certain games, and you were hoped to find your answer is, with Sam Howell. Is he going to be the franchise quarterback potentially leading forward? And, and I think you did get that. I think you got that answer of what you want out of Sam and what you're seeing out of him. But also, you were in games like the Eagles games, for instance, that you had a really good chance of beating him. And I think that's what you got out of. And I consider the mission accomplished this year. And I didn't expect Ron kind of to be there after this year. Um, if you told me to begin the year, so I think I agree with that statement. We kind of both, especially after the B enemy hire, I felt like at this point that was a change made that said, "Hey, by by the organization saying, Ron, like we're gonna give you a year, but basically we're kind of telling you that like if you don't hold your own, this is gonna be Eric's opportunity moving forward." Um, but now I think with the new ownership um, and the way Magic Johnson's been kind of talking and he knows everything about the commanders, he's got all those at insider information as a diehard fan and being a DC native, it wouldn't surprise me if Biennemi is gone too, which is unfortunate and he doesn't get that opportunity. And I think we have seen flashes from Sam. We've also seen a very Jekyll and Hyde performances right like philadelphia like is a perfect matchup for him he can absolutely light them up and we kind of articulated how bad philly's secondary especially in the numbers has been right but then you also have seen the negative where he's been absolute dog doo-doo against teams that we should be absolutely crushing in the new york giants just being one example right um so it's a mixed bag i think he's they're gonna give sam an opportunity unless we are guaranteed one of those top two quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the first problem is your offensive line. So oh, we can't <laughs> block if our life depended on us. So, yeah. So, all right. Next one. Good old Bill. Is it a wrap <laughs> for Bill? How about that photo though? Huh? <laughs> uh, God. Um, is it is it um, over in New England? Uh, I can't even put a number on it. That's the problem. <laughs> you can't even look at the screen right now. I know that too, but um, I'm gonna go with it's a four, but. The only reason I think he leaves if it's like a mutual kind of decision. I don't think Robert Kraft's firing this man. I, I just don't. I, I just don't think it's happening. I mean, all the reports are saying like Robert Kraft's been done with him since week ten. Blah 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 blah. 
I, I'm sorry. I, I don't think he's going to fire this man. It's going to come down to them having a sit-down man-to-man conversation and be like, hey, Bill, you know, like these last three, four years haven't really worked out. Like, you know, we may – we both kind of have to agree, and I think it might be time where you either go off into the sunset or, you know, you may have to find another team. Or, or But we, we want to accommodate you. We want to make this – easy transition or it's going to be maybe revoking some of the GM role away from him because that could be the other issue, right? Like maybe he hasn't, maybe it's caught up to him now and uh, the teams that he's constructed isn't as good as what they were five, 10, 15 years ago. I think you, that's the point I was going to kind of relay. It's a, I think it's a four, like you said, if he relinquish, relinquishes the GM part of the job. Right. I think the GM part has hurt the coach. Bill the GM has hurt Bill the coach. Sure. And I think a lot of it is that these people that he's drafting, they are not – this isn't a group of people that buy into the Patriot way anymore, Right. As ever since Tom left and Tom was kind of like that rallying cry to be like, all right, guys, like he wants greatness. I want greatness. Let's be greatness. Right. And Tom was able to kind of help that message get put across. And now I think if he doesn't give up the GM, I think it'll be upwards towards a seven. Sure. I could see it. Yeah, I could see it. I mean, it's just gonna be tough to see, but. Um, no. you know, but maybe, maybe, maybe it's time, you know, maybe it's time. All right. I think we got a couple more. All right. Dennis Allen in new Orleans. Two. Two. That's low. Why? Two. I actually, I mean, I think he's a good coach. I think he gets these defensive. I think he gets his defensive play for him pretty well. Um, I just think I think the expectations that the media might have placed on the Saints is a little bit higher than people than what they kind of expected. I think yeah. when Derek Carr came to this team, I think they thought Derek Carr was going to be like potentially a top ten quarterback. Sure. I mean, we've kind of seen now Derek Carr like what he is with you know fairly solid offenses in uh, in with the Raiders and like I mean he's just the top seventeen at best guy. Top sixteen at best guy, um, and I and I just think it's I think it's a lot on that kind of play personally okay. enough. So I don't think I don't really think he deserves really to get fired. I think he definitely deserves another year or so. So I would only go two. Yeah, I was gonna go low as well. I think this is around a three. Um, I do have an opinion. I think this is a head coach that got the opportunity because he's a rallying cry to the players. But this is one of those head coaching – this is one of these hires that this guy is destined to be a great coordinator but not to be a great head coach. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair point to say. I think it's a very fair point to say. And I think it's – you know, this year may – may this year's results may not cost him the job, and next year's results could for sure cost Absolutely. him. So. All right, and I think we got – Last one, Jonathan Gannon with the Arizona Cardinals, the brand new hire. The team has 
looked like a team that really hasn't wanted to play football all year. Is that just a mentality approach from not having their quarterback? Um, this one I think is very low as well. I'm going to say this is a one. I don't think he's got any chance of being fired. In my opinion, I think this was more of a nuance of Kyler Murray could didn't, couldn't play. Um, this team already stinks as it is. So he's got to have a, at least another year to see if he can have an off season to bring in some players. Okay. I'm going to go on the other side of this. I think it's closer to seven. Oh, you think it's high? Yeah, I think it's a bit higher. I think the way he kind of handles stuff, um, I don't know if the organization and I don't know if players would be willing to come to Arizona then and play for him. Um, okay. For example, Josh Dobbs was told literally the day or two before he got traded that, oh, we still want Jonathan Gannon told him, oh, we still want you. You're still going to be our starting quarterback um, until Kyler comes back. Lo and behold, this man all of a sudden gets traded then to the Minnesota Vikings literally hours after he was told by them. Um, And look, don't get me wrong. Like, is Josh Dobbs a a well-known, you know, standout guy in the NFL? Like, no. But, like, I mean, you respect enough a man's opinion in that case. Um, You know, with that being said, you know, I – I don't think his defense has really been playing that well as you're the defensive guru kind of guy. Um, you know, the offense isn't really him. So, like, it's, you know, it's, it's sure. not that. But, yeah, I just don't know. Like, I, I see it more as, well, you kind of already gotten a bad rap now from Josh Dobbs alone. How many other players that haven't come out just yet because of this? Maybe cause that. I mean, John Tangana has already had problems when he was literally getting prepped for the Super Bowl, and Philadelphia hates him because of it because he he like was trying to accept the job with Arizona and like doing stuff for them instead of prepping for the Super Bowl. I mean, there was whole back connection as well. So I would lean more to seven. Um, okay. So that's just what it is. And that was NFL Hot Seats, presented by Blaine Spencer. All right. Um, let's do – we're going to do a little bit. We're going to kind of just do a little bit of rapid fire here to, to wrap up this little episode. Um, kind of just some quick takes on a couple of topics that have kind of taken the world by storm this last uh, couple weeks or so. Let's start um, with the college football playoff. That's been announced. It's going to be Michigan versus Alabama and Washington versus Texas. Um, The team left out that has all the controversy is Florida State Seminoles went undefeated, um, did not get in. Um, Georgia ended up finishing sixth. Joe, did the committee get it right, yes or no? Um, From what their rules are written out, yes, they got it right from what the people wanted and what they should have done. No, like Florida state should have been in. I thought over Alabama, but um, you know, you lost your, you lost your quarterback for the year. Um, you had a barely, it's part of what they go to base off of players. Player yeah. evaluation is part of the committee's take. Yeah. Like that's the biggest, that was the biggest language written in the rule book for this rankings was, the player evaluation and with that being said like 
Florida State kind of limped their way um, those last two or three games to win it. Um, and I think Alabama just came in so hot and was able to beat Georgia in the SEC championship. I think it was just big-time statement wins for them, and uh, I think that's the reason why Alabama got in. Um, I think the committee got it wrong, but not from the perspective that – um, you're kind of thinking, right? I think they got it wrong based off of if you're going based off of the metric, the four best teams, correct? Um, I think Michigan's one of the four best teams. I think Washington's one of the four best teams. Um, I think Alabama's one of the four best teams, and I think Georgia should have been the fourth team in. I know there's that caveat of being a conference champion. I know Texas beat Alabama head to head. I don't think that really matters because if you're going based off of the metric, the four best teams of who gets in, you should be evaluating um, a team throughout the year. Texas played a absolute dud of a team in Oklahoma State to get their conference championship. Um, while Alabama had to beat the best team in the country. Plus, those two teams jumped from seven and eight in the rankings all the way to three and four. And Georgia fell to six. I think I would have felt a little bit better about the committee a little bit if you, like everyone says, Georgia's better than Florida State. So why is Georgia behind them? So get the rankings at least. Show some consistency there. The issue is because Florida State was five, right? If Florida Florida State, you can make the arguments probably number seven, and they're undefeated. Like, you could put Ohio State ahead of them. You could put Georgia ahead of them. You can absolutely put those four teams that are in the playoff ahead of them. So I don't mind the four teams that got in. I think there just needs to be an establishment of consistency by the committee. If you're evaluating your rankings saying, we're going 1 to 25 based off of the 25 best teams. That's how the system needs to be ranked, not just for the four teams in the playoff. Okay. Makes sense. I mean, I, just, I think I think there's enough of I think there's too much parity and I know they're going to 12, so we'll have the same issue now for the team that's going to be 13, so. <laughs> I don't think I truthfully enough, I don't think we will. I, I really don't think we will. Um you know, like if you don't, if you're if there's 12 teams, you know that kind of lets you lets a team have one loss. Let's be honest, it's gonna probably, let a team have probably a loss. some of them have two. Correct. And this year, somebody, teams with, three teams with two losses would have been in. Yeah. So, like, you know, you may you now have a chance to have two. You could have that hiccup. So then it just comes down to like, well, you shouldn't have lost to you know X Y Z team. You know, at that point, so. Yeah, no, I, I I think once we get to 12, that's it. Like, four is tough, right? Because this year, and I think it was in 2014, was the last when time. Baylor and TCU got left out. Yeah, like, there was a lot of teams. Like, this was – this has been two years over the last 10. I mean, it's not bad, but, uh, but I mean, you're talking about the 13th team to miss would have been LSU. So, it would yeah. have been the Heisman winner. But, okay, like, so I didn't think LSU was all that this year. No. So. Nope. I think the 12 would have worked perfectly this year. All right. Sure. Next one. John Rahm to live. Big deal? Not a big deal. Oh, massive deal. Are you talking about money-wise or like PGA versus live? 
PGA versus Liv. Man, oh, okay. man made some guap. He was yeah. very open uh, about that. Yeah, no, he got paid. Uh, he got paid. Um, yeah, it's a huge deal. I think it's massive. I think, first off, it's kind of – it was a little bit shocking, truthfully to say the least, because he was, like, all on the PGA. I'm never going to live kind of person. And then, all of a sudden, I guess the dollar figure came up and maybe – and they and now they're talking about potentially changing the rules, literally just for him coming in. Um, so they're accommodating what he wants to do, but I think it's a massive deal. I think the losing John Rom, like you're losing probably your second biggest world player in PGA, I think behind Rory, I would say. Well, um, I, I agree with that. I, I would have to think, but I'm pretty sure he's he's pretty damn near close. Um, and, you know, with that being said, it's like, okay, like, who's kind of going to be next? Because you know the stones are going to start falling. Like, it's just a matter of when. There will be, especially... a, there will be a couple more names now after that. Absolutely, yeah. And it's just like, okay, like, eventually it's going to turn into, like, what's going to happen here? Like, you're going to you're gonna sit down on Sunday or, you know, Saturday, if, depending if uh, – the live doesn't change, but Saturday, and you're going to be like, well, do I want to watch live who has this player, this player, this player, and this player, or do I want to watch a PGA tour, which has this player, this player, and this player. So you're going to see the viewership maybe start flip-flopping. You know, certain well, ways I think you're going to, I think it'll be intriguing now to see um, how schedules are set up. Right. I think lives now going to set up their schedule where there's events where the, not the biggest names of the PGA, are playing that weekend where they can take kind of the golf viewership right on those weeks. That's what I've kind of heard. I can't confirm or deny if that's what it's going to happen. That's what things have been circulating in the media in that regard. Which will be be smart. That's smart, smart marketing. Yeah. It's just going to be tough. Like not seeing John Robin, like these non-major but bigger events, you know, like the players, for instance, or Riviera or Torrey Pines, where he's done really well at. So it's going to be tough to see him not there. Well, it's not like the live players are not asking about, especially with this new joint agreement that's supposed to be finalized, and yet they haven't finalized anything yet. Like Bubba said the other day that he was on the phone with a couple of his tournaments that he loves, like Hartford, Phoenix, where like, two where he's had extreme success be like, Hey, like if this goes through, does this mean I can come play on an exemption or what? So mm-hmm. like, it's not like the live players don't want to play in some of these PGA tour events. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. That was, that was never been the issue. They, I mean, they, yeah. they don't want to play in as many. I can tell you that, but yeah, uh, absolutely. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. All right. Two more. Otani to the Dodgers. 10 years, $700 million. I think every uh, uh, person is now going to be looking to learn how to play baseball moving forward um, due to these mega deals. It's going to be that or golf because then you can go play at live to go get paid that type of money too based off of the numbers that we're hearing for that ROM's making. Um, the bigger deal, I think, is that $680 million, he's pushing – back in that contract so that the Dodgers can still spend some more money this year. Otani to the Dodgers is now is base. Is it a wrap? Are the Dodgers just going to win it all this year? 
No, I still don't think that 100%. I, I mean, I think it's a great move. I mean, Otani's not going to be able to pitch this year, so you don't get the pitching aspect of it. You get the hitting aspect. But, mm-hmm. I mean, baseball's a weird game. You always can get injuries throughout the wazoo, and it's it, injuries are kind of weird in that sport because you, if you miss, like, two, three weeks, you miss, what, 10, 15 games almost at that point. Um, they, the lineup that they're going to throw out, though, come opening day is going to be – absurd. Incredible, one of the best like, all star teams. It's literally an all star team, correct? It's gonna be one of the best I've ever seen. But you know, on the flip side, I mean, yeah, you got arguably one of the best players in baseball right now, maybe if not the best player, but definitely the best two way player in baseball right now. Um, but I, I, I can't like pencil them in just yet. You know, the Braves are still gonna be there, I think the Phillies are still gonna be there as well. You know, you got two solid teams there. And, uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk about the Diamondbacks. They're not going to be there. But, um, but yeah. Diamondbacks I, I, had their shot. Yeah, I, I don't think they're just, just there just yet, but it's a hell of a signing for them. Hell of a signing. Okay. And last but not least on our final take of the evening, the NBA finished up their in-season tournament. Is it a success? Yes or no? I didn't I pay attention to it, so I didn't think it. I thought it was pointless. I think the team that the Lakers won it all, which would made it look like it was a great thing by the NBA. But the four teams were the Pelicans, the Lakers, the Bucks, and uh, the Pacers were the final four teams. Um, I mean, I thought like the concept when they got to Vegas was kind of neat. Like, um, it seemed like there was a little more ports are hideous. Courts are hideous. Really? I actually liked a couple of them. I didn't think they were bad. Um, I thought the playing kind of games were kind of pointless. It was just like regular NBA games that they were trying to hype up a little bit more. Like, yeah, let's hype up the Detroit Pistons, you know, versus this team. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's no, that's not it. Um, sure. I mean, I don't know. It's first year. I mean, it's going to get a bad rap. They definitely have to change some stuff. Um you know, it was okay though. I mean, LeBron blew the five hundred thousand dollars already on the blackjack table that night, so yeah, it is what it is. So it it's all right. We'll see how the next two years go. I give stuff three years in this case, so yeah, I think it was okay. I think from an NBA standpoint, the team that they needed to win won it all, which was a high profile team, which yeah. was the Los Angeles Lakers. And they yeah. said they're going to hang a banner for it, so that gives the gives it s- some value, I guess, right? But then you can make the argument it was three small market teams the rest of the way. I mean, Milwaukee has their superstars, but then Indiana and New Orleans were two teams that people usually don't see on national TV that were also in the tournament. I will say, like, a really bright – the. Big time player that came out was Halliburton. Halliburton. Oh, no, played, it put Halliburton on the map. Yeah, Halliburton played phenomenal, and I think a lot of like just casual NBA fans like really found out about Tyler Halliburton, which was great for him and great for Indiana. Yeah, and it looked bad for New Orleans. As Zion looks like he's way out of shape again. Yeah, 
<laughs> All right, Joe, take us home, baby. That's my enough for me. <laughs> well, folks, as always, make sure you tune into the final whistle. We'll be here next week. Um Make sure you uh, follow us on Instagram and uh, all the social media platforms wherever you listen. And make sure you give us a like. Make sure you subscribe, as always. And, uh, you know, make sure you enjoy Tommy Cutlets, you know. The man's <laughs> incredible, you know. The man is incredible. Um, now, make sure you enjoy the final whistle. And, uh, you know, shoot us a message on Instagram. And we'll uh, talk about something next week. So, sign you